This is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. Cigar Oktoberfest culminates with a mega beer tasting where we usually sample 20, 25 various beers, ales, lagers, pilsners, IPAs, stouts. But this five-star general cannot just rest on our laurels. We have to make it bigger and better every year. So last year, I think we did, I don't know, 28, 30. We upped it. I have a very important number, a very relevant number, especially since I am a graduate of Syracuse University. We have 44 beers that we will sample today. Why 44? Well, it's a great number. I couldn't help myself. Syracuse number 44, all the great running backs. The zip code changed to 13244 while I was a student there because of the significance. So great running backs at Syracuse, and this Syracuse grad will sample 44 fantastic beers that I have chosen over the past several weeks. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute, Semper Delectatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Your global five-star commanding general and Alpha male-in-chief front and center. We have moved Command Center Alpha to the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City. Once again, Tommy Diadio, the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirits Procurement and the General Manager of the Davidoff Lounge here in Tampa, our host. He will be joining us in just a few moments. Actually, he's got some special Texas bourbon whiskey tasting maneuvers he's going uh, through right now, but he will be joining us. But we do have a very special guest, a beer expert. We have Tim Shackton, the brewmaster at Eulalie Restaurant in downtown Tampa, a very unique restaurant that pays tribute and homage to the history of Florida, uh, owned by a very good friend of mine, Richard Gonsmart of the Columbia Restaurant Group, and Richard and I go way back. In fact, some history. We did the show, the Cigar Dave Show, it's Forerunner Smoke This, for about two years, the first Saturday of every month, from the Columbia Restaurant, from the original, what was their cafe for cigar rollers that was created back in 1905. We had a great time until the enemies of pleasure reared their ugly heads in Florida and said, no more smoking in bar or, or in restaurants. Bars, yes, but not in restaurants. So we had to end that. But Richard's been a longtime friend. And Tim, it is great to have you, the brewmaster. You've got a great history in beer. Long ashes to you, General. Back it's at a you. pleasure to be here. And uh, on behalf of Eulele and Eulele Spring Brewery, what a wonderful blend of bottles you have on the table. I can't wait to uh, 
to get into these libations. <laughs> well, it's very scientific, Tim. Let me tell you how I do it. This, is, this started about, I don't know, 12, 14 years ago when we began mega beer tasting maneuvers for Cigar Oktoberfest. I went into a beer store in Tampa that has a large selection, and I said, all right, what criteria should I use? The first year my criteria was, is the name cool? Does it sound interesting? And does the package look good? And I did that. I picked, I don't know, maybe a dozen, 14 beers, and it worked. So I've continued that. Now we vary it up. We try to get some international beers, some ales, some stouts. But if it grabs me with the packaging or the name, for example, we've got the Funky Buddha Bonita Apple Bum, which is like an apple pie-infused type of beer. How could I turn my back on that? How could I say <laughs> no to that? So we've got some great beer names that we have brought here. But before we get into talking about specific beers, let's talk about Oktoberfest in München. It is the world's largest Volksfest. Should I talk like this, like Arnold Schwarzenegger the entire time? <laughs> That's what I said. It's a combination between German and Arnold. Yeah, it's fantastic. The world's largest beer festival and traveling fun fair <laughs> held annually in München, Bavaria, Germany. It is a 16 to 18 day folk festival running from mid or late September to the first Sunday in October. More than 6 million people attend the event every year locally. In Germany, it is often called the Weissen, or after the colloquial name for the fairgrounds. Now, what is interesting is the history of Oktoberfest. King Ludwig I, who reigned from 1825 to 1848, married Princess Teresa of Saxe-Hildburghausen, on 12 October 1810. I can't help myself going into this German <laughs> accent. I mean, all this beer and talking about Oktoberfest. The citizens of Munich were invited to attend the festivities held on the fields in front of the city gates to celebrate the royal event. The fields were named Theresienweiss, Teresa's Meadow in honor of the Crown Princess. It has kept the same name ever since, and that is the origins, those are the origins of Oktoberfest. Loads of beer, loads of very... I know why they call it a Hefeweizen, because many of the women that serve it are a little bit on the Hefe side, a little large, a little rotund, with ample décolletage and uh, racageal areas showing. Let me tell you, there's some, some of those German women over there, they are, they're beasts. There's just no other way to describe it that serve. They have the big the Steins, like 12 of them in their hands at any one given time. But we now celebrate Oktoberfest around the world. And somebody told me a number of years ago, they said, General, why are you doing Oktoberfest, Cigar Oktoberfest, in all the way to the end of October? Because Oktoberfest begins in September and ends in early October. And my answer was, well, the Germans couldn't have been too smart. If they would have been smart, they would have called it Septemberfest since the festival starts in September. So we are not only going to call it Oktoberfest, the end of October, even though Oktoberfest in Germany has officially ended, because of all the beers, there is no possible way we will taste all 44 in the two hours. So I've just created a new celebration, a new holiday. It's called Novemberfest. And next week, we'll probably get to about 25 beers in this two hours. We'll finish all the other beers next week. So this is going to be one of those multi-part series, like Who Shot JR? You have to wait until next week to find out the ending. But we've got some fantastic beers. Before we get into talking about the different beers, Tim, let's talk about your background. Because there is an interesting uh, brew house chain in the Tampa Bay area called Hops. 
Correct. Which was really one of the first in the country, and they grew. And I know there was one in South Tampa, not far from where we are now. They actually had two. They had a restaurant with the beer, uh, the little um, a brewery in there, and then right across the street they had another one, which is more just like a, a beer bar. But that was really the first time in the area, going back about 20 years, where people looked and said, wow, a place, a restaurant, makes their own beer. That was a novel concept at the time. Correct. Uh, uh, the craft beer scene was relatively new. And, uh, you know, you had a, a, a small little seven-barrel brew house that started in Clearwater in 1989. Uh, I came out of the Marine Corps, got home from Desert Storm. I spent all my sea money. Semper Fi. Hoorah. <laughs> and I... Uh, I, uh, I walked into the brewery, got a job. Uh, I actually come from a family that has brewing experience in Milwaukee. Well, uh, but Milwaukee, I, I mean, when you think of Milwaukee, that was that still is. Not as much, but it really was back in the days when beer was regional. That was a big mega center of brewing. Milwaukee well, you, Brewers. Why do you think there's the name that? My great-great-grandfather's name was John Shandorf, and he emigrated from Munich, actually, to Milwaukee in the 1880s. And uh, my grandfather came down here after World War II. He had frostbite from the Battle of the Bulge. And he said, I'm not living in Milwaukee anymore. And he put the whole family in the car and drove down, and we landed here in Tampa Bay. So I never really used my family connections. I was kind of a self-starter in the business. Right. I walked into a, a hops, a young buck, and uh, I was able to do the work. I committed to it. It seemed to come natural to me. And we went with that uh, type of concept, and we built hops to 78 fully functioning breweries. Was in the it nation. 78? That is yeah. huge. We had a staff of uh, over 50 brewers at one time. It wow. was an amazing thing. And it was my first foray into the whole idea of fusion, you know, with the culinary side. Most of, uh, often before, it hasn't been that way, it's, well, since Prohibition, at least. And uh, it was a pleasure to, uh, to be involved with that operation. Without that uh, level of experience growing up through the 90s, just building brewery after brewery throughout the state, I would never have been, had the honor and privilege to be able to open Eulalie as it stands now, which is a total beer palace restaurant in Tampa here. Well, I remember Richard telling me, Richard Gonsmart, the owner of the Columbia Restaurant Group, and he's been on the show many times, and he told me about the concept of Eulalie. Uh, and, uh, of course, what he thought it would take to open. And, of course, the budget was uh, exceeded multiple times over, as he would tell me. But now it's one of the most successful restaurants in the state. But he said, I want to do something unique. I want to put in uh, our own mini brewery in there and do our own beers and, and combine it with some of the culinary delicacies that we're going to be making. And I happen to be recording an Oktoberfest show over at Cigar City Brewing, not far from here. And who comes walking in? Richard Gonsmark <laughs> with one of his restaurant guys looking, and they wanted to talk to uh, Joey Redner and get some ideas and take the tour. So it's amazing how it kind of comes full circle. So how, how did you end up with Eulalie uh, becoming their head brewmaster? I was very fortunate in that I have a close, dear family friend who has worked with the Gonsmarts for many years. And he overheard Richard uh, walking through the restaurant saying, I'm looking for a brewer. And he got on the phone with me immediately and right. said, get your resume together. Get over here. Right. And, uh, and I just remember meeting Richard at Eulalie before it was Eulalie. It was Waterworks Pump Station Number 3. And right. It was a, just an old uh, building that had uh, seen better days. And he knocked the door down, literally. We walked in, and uh, it, there were open fire pits in the middle of the place. 
it was in a, in a pretty bad state of disrepair. But just taking five minutes to listen to his idea behind Eulalie, I just said I, I was sold hook, line, and sinker. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I love the idea. Uh, we had no idea it, it would grow to what we have today. It's just amazing to see. And uh, we're over 1,000 people a day coming into our restaurant and tap room. It's, it's so beautiful, right huh? on the river walk. How many beers on tap do you have at any one given time? I try to keep it simple. Right. Uh, I don't want to have 100 beers on a chalkboard. I, I have a, uh, usually 10 to 12 beers. It's still a pretty good number. Yeah. Nine of them are core, right. which means you know I, I carry them year-round. And I do a lot of barrel-aging beers. Uh, I, do, I do Lambics. Uh, but we also are very tra- – I consider Eulalie to be a very traditional brewery. So we carry classics, you know, Pilsner, Red Ale. Stout. These are beers that people have been drinking for for the tenth and ever. And uh, so we we got a great stable of beers. And uh, of course, the barrel aging is is unique and wonderful in that it gives a fingerprint signature to every individual beer. So uh, currently on tap right now, we have our seasonal Q beer, which is we're going to sample that. Yeah, right. named after Quentin. Correct. Which is uh, one of Richard's German Shepherds. He and I have shared something. We both are big German Shepherd fans. Both have German Shepherds. And Quentin is uh, actually one of his German Shepherds. It's, a, it's, it's wonderful. We also have another beer called Rusty's Red. And that was Which is a Rusty, yeah. <laughs> his, his former right, who's a great dog. But uh, that, along with many other different beers uh, that cover a, a great category of beer styles. And um, I, I, I look forward to talking about them with you. And I'm looking at what you have on the table here, and I, I, I can't even concept, conceptualize drinking all these well, beers at once. If, if it were mortal beta males, they would be intimidated by looking at four. They'd be intimidated by looking at four. As alpha males, we look at 44 and say, we're not even going to break a sweat. That's a piece of cake. Not a problem. We could go 88. Maybe next year we have to top that. We double it. Let me ask you a question, Tim. What is the number one selling beer on tap at Eulalie? We have a Pilsner. It's a German-American-style Pilsner. It's called Eulalie Light. So and it's more of a mild, mild, medium type of taste? Well, I would qualify it as a very traditional beer. I use Weinstefaner yeast, uh, German malt. And uh, German beers, the traditional, are not super full-flavored. Everybody thinks they are. They're really not. They're supposed to, you know, I believe that people have a genetic predisposition to drink beer to sate their thirst. And I, I obsess about that daily. What makes people want the second round when the empty glass comes back across the bar and the hand comes out let's go right when i thought about ulele light i thought about well i want floral i want spicy i want traditional i want the type of hops in the beer that you could put in that beer and you don't have to be a craft beer enthusiast to understand that this is a high quality beer and uh one of the things that we do at ulele spring brewery is we focus on quality raw materials so uh you know most of our beers are brewed to uh, the european beer standard they just have malt hops yeast and water alone but we have a a couple more beers too like our wedding beer is a very popular beer and that's a mixed berry fruit lager and a lot of people love that beer and there is a term a phrase uh that is used in germany the purity 
uh, a law. What is the what is that phrase? It's called uh, it's called Reinheitsgebot. Reinheitsgebot. Uh, my my chef likes to refer to it as Ron Howard's boat. Ron it's Howard's a big boat. deal. Reinheitsgebot. <laughs> you will not pronounce it incorrectly. Reinheitsgebot. <laughs> Uh, now let's start. Tim Shackton, head brewmaster Ulele, who's going to be our guest and our beer expert on our entire Cigar Oktoberfest Mega Beer Tasting Maneuver Edition of the Cigar Dave Show today. Let's talk about beer. Now, so many people see beer, but many people may not realize exactly what goes into beer. And I always like to give a beer 101 primer to everyone. Beer, one of the oldest, most widely consumed alcoholic drinks in the world. Third most popular drink overall after water and tea, which is very interesting. I would think coffee would be up uh, amongst the top two, but it's not. Beer is brewed from cereal grains, most commonly from malted barley, though wheat, corn, rice also used. During the brewing process, fermentation of the starch sugars in the wort, or wort produces ethanol and carbonation in the resulting beer. Most modern beer is brewed with hops, adds bitterness and other flavors, and also acts as a natural preservative and stabilizing agent. But you can also have other flavoring agents, such as grains, herb, fruit, uh, instead of the hops, and we'll see some of that as well. And what is uh, interesting to me is that when you think about beer, it's sold virtually everywhere on the planet. Every country has their own unique beer, and we've got some beers from across the globe. But when we talk about beer, going uh, the history of beer, the earliest archaeological evidence of fermentation consists of 13,000-year-old residues of a beer with a consistency of gruel, which is used by the semi-nomadic Natufians for ritual feasting at the Rakafet Cave in the Carmel Mountains near Haifa in Israel. So think about that. Beer, 13,000 years old. It is really incredible. There's no beers that we would want to sample that are 13,000 years old because aging in beer is not like aging in whiskey or other spirits, but nonetheless, very interesting. So, Tim, let's talk about, you just mentioned uh, the German purity law, but let's talk about Brewing 101. What goes into uh, beer? The first thing we know, you got to have good water. Water's key. I mean, uh, clean, uh, filtered, pure water is, uh, it's the, comprises the vast majority of a beer at Eulalie Spring Brewery it's uh it's very simple you know we we obsess over the highest quality malts hops uh we use great quality yeast I like to think of Eulalie Spring Brewery uh people come to me as if they would go into La Segunda Bakery to get a loaf of Cuban bread and There's for people across the country that may not know what La Segunda is it's a very well-known bakery in Ybor City, the traditional cigar-making historical area of Tampa, and they make incredible bread with a palm leaf, the Cuban bread that is served at the Columbia Restaurant. And if you've never had it, when you come to Tampa, you got to have the Cuban bread. It's got to be warm. It's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, there's a certain degree of authenticity to that transaction. So we really are focused on the highest quality malts and hops that we can use. Uh, but it's, it's a very simple process. The idea is to uh, mill the grain, and what you do is you... Now, what type of grain? You're saying there's uh, different types of malts. Uh, at Eulalie, we primarily use malted barley. Malted barley. We can use malted wheat and okay. malted rye, depending okay. on the style of beer. Right. But the whole idea, the malting process is important. They take the grains out of the field, and they lay them on the floor. They spray the grain with water, and the acrospire emerges from the, 
from the grain, and then they take the green off the seed, and then they roast it in a kiln. And when they do that, they empower the um, starches in the in the endosperm of the grain to convert to sugar. Now, is there various countries or areas in the United States you buy the malts that add different flavor characteristics to a beer? Well, you see, the 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 great thing about uh, about craft beer in America is it's a worldwide market. So I'm seeking flavors and I'm seeking quality. Sometimes my malts uh, for my British uh, ales come from Britain. And uh, they've been making the same type of grain for centuries for the exclusive purpose of brewing. So you're looking for that authentic field flavor. That's what you look for. Or if you're making a Pilsner, you can use domestic grain, which is high quality, which is usually from the upper Midwestern United States or Canada. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about cold region. Right. Same thing with the hops. Hops are usually, generally speaking, they're cold region, high altitude. Washington State or Oregon, I think, if I'm not mistaken, a pretty popular growing area for hops. Think about the West Coast as a as piney, citrusy, right. yep. and then you've got the South Pacific. You've got melons and mm-hmm. gooseberry and fruit, and you know. then you've got the European standard, and you've got floral, spicy. Again, I come back to that. But uh, it starts with the malt, and you crack that grain open, and we have a mill at Ulele. So we, I like to mill because you can control the flavor with the mill. You crack open that shell of that grain, and then you drop it into a, a, a mash tun, and that's basically a big kettle like a big coffee pot. And you mix the grain in with hot water at a very specific temperature. And what you're looking for is all the uh, soluble starches to convert to a highly fermentable sugar. And, once, and that usually requires a rest. And then you rest it, convert the sugar, and then pull the liquid out of the grain. And that liquid is the raw beer. We call it wort. Right. And we'll boil the wort. Uh, as it boils, we'll add hops. And the hops are critical. They're... Uh, you know, there's so many different flavors with hops. I could talk to you for several shows about hops alone. But the hops contribute bitterness, flavor, and aroma. And they are added throughout the series, of, uh, of throughout the time of the boil, at the end of the boil, after fermentation. It's a dry hopping process. And how long does it take from the time that you put the malt in with the water until the beer comes out? Two to six weeks on a steel tank. Longer in a barrel. Longer in a barrel and ales less time than lager? Correct. All right. And we'll get, when we come back with Tim Shackton, the head brewmaster of Ulele, we'll talk about the various styles of beer, lager and ales, stouts, everything you need to know about beers. Then we start our tasting maneuvers, 44 different beers to get to between this week and next week. It's so big that Cigar Dave Cigar Oktoberfest Mega Beer Tasting Maneuvers becomes November Fest next week as we continue from the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. This month's Cigar Dave Officers Club selection is an A.J. Fernandez sampler, including the San Latano Requiem Habano. This cigar is blended with Nicaraguan, Dominican, and Honduran tobaccos, but seals the deal with a rare Brazilian Habano. Get cigars like these shipped directly to you every month by joining the Cigar Dave Officers Club today. Get details at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Cigar Dave's Cigar Oktoberfest Beer Tasting Maneuvers. The General is now ready to be served by bodacious beer maids, showing ample amounts of rackage and stackage. Just like it is in München with the German, the Deutsche Dames, serving all those big steins of the Spatten and the Masen and all the other Oktoberfest beers. Tim Schachten, the master... Uh, the head brewmaster over at Ulele uh, Restaurant, and uh, I guess we could call it Beer Garden. Really, that's close enough because you got you got what? How many? How many? Uh, uh, you got twelve tanks there? Fifteen tanks? Oh, I've got enough to capacity to service the tap room and a thousand people a day. So I carry about four thousand gallons in inventory at any given time. Outstanding. So as we continue Cigar Oktoberfest Mega Beer Tasting Maneuvers, before we start getting into the tasting end of things, let's talk about the various styles of beer because there's so many different styles of beer. And as craft brewers have gotten involved, we see much more creativity than we have, say, with the old days when you just had your lagers, which are Coors and Bud and so on. But let's talk about the various styles of beer. First up, let's talk about lager. That's probably the number one selling style beer still in the United States. Well, lager represents over 80% of the entire world beer. Oh, the world? Yeah. Wow. It's a big deal. And uh, it's difficult to execute a high-quality lager. Now, we've got six lagers currently on tap out of our uh, 11 beers on tap. So it's unusual for a craft uh, brew pub to carry that many lagers. It requires a lot of storage space. Why is lager different? Just more time necessary to age the beer? Yes, the lager yeast is um, it ferments at cooler temperatures and uh, requires a more deft and dexterous processing. Um, you, uh, you need a brief cold storage. Cold storage literally translates to lager. And uh, the idea is even when the beer is ice cold, the yeast is still active. It's seeking uh, sugar. And that's why at the end of the process, it's crisp and clean. It cannot be replicated by ale production. There's world-class ales out there, don't get me wrong. But lager takes a long time. 
And, uh, and that's a bottom fermenting yeast? Yes. Okay, yes. so lager bottom fermenting yeast, cold storage is really what it, it translates to. Correct. And that's why many craft brewers, they don't have the capacity to store. That's why many of them are doing ales. When we think of lagers, a little bit lighter in flavor. Well, uh, I, I would counter that with um, you, you could qualify a lager as crisp. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean to, to imply that it would be lighter. But uh, most beer styles that are qualified as lagers tend to be lighter. But you can have a bold, dark, deep, rich lager, too. But the whole idea is that cold storage is so unique because it, what happens is there's a lot of CO2 production in the beer. And as the CO2 constantly gases up through the beer, it's, it's scrubbing and, and tempering the, f- the flavors of the beer. So you, 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 you tend to have something that's more measured and balanced at the end. And, uh, Which but, is a great, that's yeah. exactly what I would use. It's very balanced, smooth and balanced yeah. on a lager. And when we think of lagers, some of the names, Budweiser, Miller, Coors, Pilsner Urkel, Stella Artois, Corona, uh, Heineken, Foster's, those are all lagers. Absolutely. Okay. And- then we move into ales. And ale is a warm fermentation method with the yeast uh, activity taking place at the top of the tank. Correct. Ales are world-renowned as well. My favorite uh, beer that's not produced at Eulalie is Guinness, and that's an ale. It's a classic. You know, again, coming back to it. But when we think about it, isn't that that's a stout? It is a stout, and stouts are made with ale yeast. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Just learned something. I see. <laughs> so stout is an ale, is a Co- form of an ale. Correct. But you see, that's the American brewers throwing all this stuff to the wind, man. We, right. these craft, our, the craft brewers, especially here in the Tampa region, are just throwing caution to the wind. We're, we're coming up with all sorts of beers that you can't even qualify professionally. You know that, And that's the beauty of it. You're going to come up with something that could be radically different, and that's the great thing about Tampa. So we can characterize a Guinness as a brown ale. It's stout, a, but a would stout. that be a brown? So it would not be a brown ale. Yeah. So brown ale, how, tell me about brown ale and pale ale. Well, let's see. Now, brown ale is more of like a, a, a cousin, a distant cousin to porters and stouts. And, uh, you know, you've got uh, not as dark malts that go into making a brown ale, but a much different flavor profile. And, of course, porter is was was around before stout was porter was uh literally named because that was the dark beer that they served porters in the rail cars and then interesting yeah and then of course as time went by they they came up with a much heavier sturdier darker beer and that became stout now uh pale ales again uh a very rich tradition with pale ales and ipas ipas are very important now india pale ale is interesting because the reason that they call it India Pale Ale, because it's very hoppy, that was an, almost a natural preservative. Correct. And they would travel back and forth in the old days with the ships. Yeah, the London Brewers Guild pretty much invented the, uh, the India Pale Ale, so the beer could last on a ship from uh, sailing from London to Bombay. And you see when the British troops got... Uh, came back from India and they came back home they insisted hey let's let's put the milds to the side now i want ipa now cuz that's what i've been drinking all this time right. and of course american craft brewers boy again taking it to the extreme there's so many different types of Tons. ipas out there more ipas than i've ever seen before yes sir that's because, because yeah. i think the craft uh 
brewery drinker, the craft brewing drinker, wants a fuller-flavored, more complex beer. It's unapologetic. Unapologetic. It's in your face. Correct. And it's the same thing with cigars. We cigars. The number one selling cigar is still a mild to medium-bodied cigar, but there are those that want a fuller-flavored cigar, and that tends to be a minority, but they are diehards, similar to the people that seek out craft brewers, that travel the country, finding craft brewers and going to their tap rooms and sample rooms, they want that India Pale Ale or those heartier beers. Amen. And, you know, it, IPA is such a wonderful style in Tampa, too. Tampa IPA has a unique flavor profile. You know, you've got a little bit of the astringency of the West Coast IPA. you got a, uh, some of the... Uh, the fruity characteristics of, say, a hazy New England, a little bit of both. I like to call them 7.575s, 7.5% alcohol, 75 IBUs. IBUs. And that leads us to the next thing, international bitterness units. Yes. The higher the number, what I consider the more bitter or hoppy, if you will. A lager is probably 14, 18, maybe 20. Budweiser would qualify a 10 or under. And uh, beer, the very popular beer in Tampa, uh, my Green Cannonball is 75. Uh, the Cigar City Highlight, that's about 72 to 75. Right. Uh, and, uh, it, and we had that last week on, yeah. on the show. And I can tell you, definitely noticed a big difference from going from a mild lager to that, uh, you know, to that IPA. IPA style, where you get that hoppiness right in the back of the tongue. You get that just touch of, of hoppiness, that bitterness, just to give a little kick on the way down. Very noticeable. So the higher the number, somebody, any of you want a milder, more balanced, lighter beer, look for a beer that has a lower IBU. If you want something that's a little bit, has more personality, more zest, higher IBU. And it usually in, is indicated right on the label. Right. You could read it, and, and, uh, and most people, if you're getting up to the 35 or 40 IBU range, most people would say, yeah, it's a little bit hoppy. But, you know, then you, that's the whole point is the experience at the table is to get people outside of their comfort zone, get them in there. Here's a sample of this. Try this. Tell me what you think. Well, that's the great thing, and I tell people all the time that if you get a dozen friends, everybody kick in whatever, five, ten bucks, and go to your local retailer that sells beer by the can and many wine stores liquor stores they all are really improving their selection of single bottle or single can beers just start picking things pick an ipa pick a lager pick a uh, hefeweizen just go and and have fun with it and then just throw some steaks on the grill light some cigars Take those 10, 12 beers and just pour. Everybody take a sample and you can do your own tasting notes. And I'm sure you sell flights at Eulalie oh, yeah. where people can get, what, four, five, six, eight different samples of beers? You can ask for samples at, of any of our beers and we do small flights as well. And the, I would also uh, double down on that and say there's so many craft breweries that have tap rooms. So instead of always just going, you can, you can always go back and barbecue, but in a, in a, you can have a craft beer adventure, especially in the Tampa area and many regions. And across this, the country. Yeah. Our listeners are coast to coast and worldwide, and you can do this anywhere around the world. And we've Correct. got big listeners over in the UK, in Australia, at many of the military bases. Now, they don't serve uh, uh, beer at military bases. They should, but they don't. But nonetheless, many of our great troops, when they do go on leave or when they do come home, they sample many of those great spirits and great beers. A lot of cigar-friendly beer gardens Correct. And um, it's great to be able to go taste it fresh from the tap. Sight brewed, sight served. It doesn't get any better than that. It's as pure as the wind-driven snow. 
we've got a, a small flight of 44 beers that we're tasting <laughs> right now. Uh, I mean, that's 44 is a pretty good number. General, I need to correct you there. Yes, Sergeant We're going to need to make a decision here. I know 44 is important for Syracuse. Correct. But it's also President Obama's presidential number. We need to do 45 for Donald 45, Trump. 45, Donald J. Trump. You know what, Sergeant Steve, good call. Again, that's why we keep you on staff. Good good call. So, you know what? We're going to have a MAGA special, our 45th beer. That'll be the granddaddy beer. We'll have to pick out something very, very special. And I know that they've got a great selection here at Davidoff uh, Cigar Lounge. We'll find something for 45. Very, very good idea. Let's wrap up talking about ales with Tim Shackton, the uh, head brewmaster at Ulele Restaurant. And I call it Beer Garden. Or what, what, what's the official name? Well, Eulalie is the restaurant, right. and of course, Eulalie Spring Brewery Spring is the brewery. brewery. Okay, i got to get that right. Eulalie, wait a minute, Spring Brewery. Okay, now I've got it official, so I will not, <laughs> I will not screw that up. Uh, let's talk about a Belgian ale. How does that differ from an IPA or just a regular? Oh, Belgians, boy, let me tell you. You're talking about uh, uh, wild yeast. You're talking about just a wonderful uh, phenolic sauna nose in Sometimes it's spontaneous fermented, okay? So you're taking airborne yeast. Uh, you have lots of aging involved. Uh, Belgians have a wonderful tradition of many different beer styles. Uh, Saison yeast is a wonderful yeast that comes to mind that's, that works great with fruited beers. And um, like Lambic, for instance, you know, that's another uh, fruited beer that's from Belgium. And uh, I, I could... Again, we could have a whole entire section on Belgian beers. They, they just blow your mind. You know, the Germans uh, tend to be pretty structured and strict with their brewing techniques, and the Belgians are kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit, and it's uh, ended up with, with some incredible results. All right, let's real quickly, I want to hit on stouts and wheat beers. Yes. Stouts. What, real quickly, what is a stout? Well, a stout, uh, a stout can be any um, gravity, meaning it, 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 it could be high in alcohol, it could be low in alcohol. But really what qualifies a stout is that it's produced with ale yeast and that it, it, it qualifies as a certain color. So there's a, like IBUs, there's a scale called Standard Rating Method, SRM. And if you see it on a label, it will tell you what the color of a beer is, it assigns a number to the color. So a red ale might be, say, 18 to 30, and a Guinness would be like 40, and of course a, a light lager would be five. Now we've got some various stouts. We've got a milk stout, there's a drier Irish stout, a porter, an oatmeal stout, chocolate stout, imperial stout. We've got some, and we'll talk about that as we go along. But many people think stouts because it's dark, oh, it's going to be super full. Not necessarily. That, uh, not, not necessarily the case. Let's talk about wheat beer. When I think about wheat beer, it's top fermented, but a lot of wheat tends to be softer on the palate. Correct. And, you know, not all wheat beers are, are ale fermented. Most of the commercial varieties are. I have a wheat lager on tap at Eulalie. Um, but wheat, it tends to be soft. It, there's, uh, it's a huskless grain, so it creates a lot of protein in the beer. So it tends to be hazy. And uh, it softens the palate expression of a beer quite dramatically. It works very well at the table. And... Uh, uh, Hefeweizen, the reason why a Hefeweizen has a banana clove is because of the yeast. The yeast is what makes that. Um, it's a wonderful uh, grain to use in beer. You can, uh, it increases head retention and it makes a quality beer uh, go to 11, right? So I love to use wheat in almost all of the beers that I make at Eulalie. 
Fantastic. Tim Shackton, the head brewmaster at Ulele Spring Brewery in the Cigar City of Tampa. Our guest, it is Cigar Oktoberfest Mega Beer Tasting Maneuvers. We've got a beer flight of 45 different beers that we will be enjoying today and carrying next week into November Fest. The festivities will begin with a national cigar litation and libationary ceremony next. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. The Cigar Dave Officers Club features absolutely spectacular cigars. We've had amazing selections over the last 15 years. This year, we had the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Age Sampler. We had the Placencia Alma del Campo, the Aganorsa Leaf Sampler. We had the Platinum Nova Super Premium Sampler. And for October, we're featuring the A.J. Fernandez Sampler. Three great cigars from one of Nicaragua's fantastic cigar manufacturers. The A.J. Fernandez Last Call Habano, nice small little cigar. And A.J. Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf. If you like Maduro cigars, you will love this Connecticut Broadleaf Raft Maduro medium-bodied flavor. And the A.J. Fernandez San Latano Requiem Habano using an incredible, tasty Brazilian Habano wrapper. Very, very rare. If you're not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com. Dave.com right now, $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars shipped to you. That's the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Go to CigarDave.com and join. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, with 45 various beers that we're going to be tasting, and probably 20-some-odd in this edition of Cigar Oktoberfest Mega Beer Tasting Maneuvers, and then next week we slide it into Novemberfest, a brand-new holiday that we're creating, since we're not going to be able to get to all 45 in this edition of the Cigar Dave Show. But I want something that's going to go with a wide range, a wide tasting variety of different beers. So I need something that's going to be on the medium-bodied side, not too light, not too heavy, that's going to stand up to some of the higher IBU, higher hoppy beers, 
and as well with the milder beers. And I love Padron cigars. Everyone knows that. And I love their Padron Damaso, which now I think is about three, four years old. It's a magnificent cigar. Very different from a traditional Padron. This is the first time that they've made a cigar with a wrapper besides Nicaraguan. And they use a, an Ecuadorian Connecticut. It's much lighter. This appeals to a different cigar connoisseur. This is a more on a medium-bodied side. I'd call it heavy, light, to medium-bodied. And it comes in four different sizes, a Corona, a Churchill, a Robusto, and I've got the Toro. It also comes in a pyramid as well now, but I've got the Toro, six inches in length with a 52 ring gauge. This uses beautiful Nicaraguan fillers. It's just in that... I would say light plus to medium-bodied category, but it has a lot of richness, a depth of flavor. The palate, your palate will enjoy this. It really is a pleasant cigar. It's got a different type of Padron band, and the Damaso, Damaso launched about three, four years ago. Suggested retail for the Toro that I have here is uh, in the sixth, I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's around uh, 15 bucks. So it is a higher-priced cigar, but believe me, everything Padron makes, you cannot go wrong with. It is outstanding construction, fabulous aged tobaccos. The Padron Damaso is what I will enjoy today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine in my right hand, ready for battle. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, this is the Cigar Dave Make America Lightate Again, the Mala Lightation device for jet flames, big tank. That's what I will use today. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. Tim, I will give you the cutter. And, Tim, you take the foam and drool out of your mouth. I know you've been ready for that cigar, watching me on that, ready to go. Let me toast the foot of this cigar, this Padron Damaso taking my time. No rush. Yes, we have a plethora, a cornucopia of fabulous beers to taste, but we're not going to rush anything. If I can't get to all of them today, we'll get to them next week. It'll be the sequel version of Mega Beer Tasting Maneuvers. I will puff and rotate. Outstanding. Mm. Fabulous draw. Nice notes right off. Little little spice notes. Mm. But again, a different flavor profile than a Padron 1964, the 1926 series, even the regular Padron series. But very pleasant. This Canadian, uh, Canadian, this Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. I'm already thinking about the Molson Canadian that's on the list. But this Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, a lot of flavor. It's smooth, but more flavor, a little bit more richness than a USA Connecticut wrapper. And it is fabulous. Beautiful draw. Tim, how do you like that so far? Oh, my goodness. This is delightful. Right, delightful. I remember when George Padron told me about this project. He said, we're going to do something very different. I'm going to give you a sample, but you're sworn to secrecy. So this is probably about five years ago. I said, when's it going to come out? And he said, whenever we feel it's ready. Just like when you brew beer. If it's not ready, you're not releasing it out of those tanks. And it's the same thing. And this has become a nice, big uh, hit for Padron. The Padron Damaso, that's what I will enjoy today. Next up. 
scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Tim Shackton, head brewmaster of Eulalie Spring Brewery, if you would be so kind. Our first beer today that we will enjoy of many is the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. I remember back two years ago going up to... Cheers. Look at that. I'm underneath the uh, just the top there. We'll pour a little bit right in there. That's fine. I had the opportunity to spend a day with Jennifer Glanville, one of the master brewers at Boston Beer Samuel Adams. We sampled the Utopia, and we sampled this Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Nice golden brown. We'll say cheers on that. Very good. Cheers Take a to taste. you, friend. Mm. This is an ale, I believe. Very nice. Oktoberfest actually is a, is a lager. Oh, it's a lager. Yes, sir. Interesting. Nice, rich color. Deep golden amber hue. A lot of, lot of uh, harmony of flavors in this. Very flavorful. Perfect companion with my Padron Damaso. Cigar beer tasting mega maneuvers continue next. This is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. Day. The end of October can only mean one thing. That, yes, we're in the height of football season, college and NFL. The temperatures are changing. The leaves are changing, except here in the sunshine state of Florida. The palm fronds don't change. They're still green. And we'll stay that way all winter, we hope. But it also means that we wrap up celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest with our Cigar Oktoberfest Mega Beer Tasting Maneuvers. But this year, because we have so many beers that I have selected, first it was going to be 44 in honor of the great running backs at Syracuse. But then Sergeant Steve said, wait a minute, we got to honor the 45th president, Donald J. Trump. So we've got number 45 that we are selecting, 45 fantastic beers that we will sample this week for Oktoberfest, and next week into our new holiday called Novemberfest, as Lee Corso would say, Beer life is good. And we welcome you back. Our Ford Theater of Operations Command Center Alpha has moved to the Davidoff Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa, stone's throw from Tampa International Airport. My pleasure to welcome our special guest, the head brewmaster of Eulalie Spring Brewery in downtown Tampa, Tim Shackton. And Tim, we started off with a Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Before I go into the list of all the beers on our list, let's talk about this Oktoberfest from uh, Samuel Adams one more time. It has a deep orange hue to it, almost like the color of fall leaves. Well, that's directly attributed to the Munich malt. And uh, the Munich malt, is, it can make dark, it can make light. You can make a very delicate Oktoberfest. It can be rich. This is kind of a very balanced um, Oktoberfest-style beer. It's cold-fermented. It's delicious. It's got a wonderful nose, too. And the Munich malt, you know, the, 
the, the German brewers were so horribly jealous of the Viennese brewers because they invented the Viennese malt, which is lightly toasty. So they came up with the Munich-style malt to kind of combat them, and that's, that's how that originated. I'm going to call this mellow but tasty. It's got a deep autumn color. I would say that it, uh, has a, it's mellow but tasty, a nice rich marzen. Very, very pleasant all the way. The okay. yeast plays a lot in this beer. Outstanding. Now, before we get to our next tasting, our next sampling, let's go over the list of 44 beers. The 45th, we're going to make a last-minute decision. It's going to be decided at the very end, so you'll have to stay tuned for that. But we started off with the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Next up, we'll enjoy a Hofbrau Original to Hellas. Then we're going to go to our go to Australia, our great listeners down in Australia. We've got a big following down in Australia, down under. In fact, I was asked to take that 20-hour flight from New York down to Australia on Qantas. And my answer was, no thanks. I'm, an, I'm a pilot, love to fly, 20 hours in an airplane. As much as I love flying, no thank you. Got to get out. I think like 8, 10 hours is my limit. But we're going to try some the Foster's International Pale Lager. That should be interesting. Then Tim brought a very special beer from Ulele. It is the Q Beer Oktoberfest Stout. Q name for Richard Gonsmart's, uh, one of his current German shepherds, Quentin. And we're going to go to one of my favorite craft breweries down in South Florida, Funky Buddha for the Bonita Applebum Ale. That I cannot wait to get to. Then we're going to go up to, not far from Syracuse in central New York, Ithaca, Apricot Wheat, which is a wheat ale. Then we're going to go back down to South Florida, my guys, over at Placencia Cigars, the Placencia family. Carlos Padron involved with the Tank Brewing down in uh, Doral. The Tank Freedom Tower Amber Ale. Freedom Tower, big landmark down in Miami. I think it's in Coral Gables or downtown Miami. So we will have, we'll sample that. Then we're going to have, this sounds great, the Anderson Valley Salted Caramel Porter. When I saw the beer, the name of the beer. I started drooling instantly. My mouth started <laughs> foaming. I'm thinking salted caramel porter. Got to have it. Then we're going to go to a good old-fashioned USA lager, Bud Light. Your basic beer, they sell a ton of it. It's still popular with many people. Not one of my favorites, but people enjoy it, and it sells, and that's the bottom line. Next up, also made in the United States, the Yingling Traditional Lager. Then we go to Republica Dominicana for the Presidente Light, which is a German Pilsner-style beer. And then the 12th beer, the Shipyard Pumpkinhead. I was up at Shipyard Brewing a number of years ago up in Portland, Maine. That's a very, very nice brewery. That Pumpkinhead is very, very popular. Number 13 will be the Scuttlebutt Hoptopia, an Imperial IPA. Number 14, Molson Canadian, a Molson Lager. Eh? Now here's the thing. If you get some Tim Horton's Timbits, little mini donut holes, eh? With a Molson Canadian and some poutine, you're good to go, eh? So we'll go up and have some Molson Canadian. I remember Molson Brodor. That was a very high alcohol content beer. Then from Duclan Brewery, we're going to have the Duke, uh, Duclaw. The Duclaw Sweet Baby Jesus. We had that last year. And this year from Duclaw, the Sweet Baby Java. Or is it Sweet Baby Jesus and Sweet Baby Hava. I'm not sure. One of the two, depending if it's English or Spanish. Now we're going to try the Coors Banquet. Kind of an old-style Coors beer. We'll have that. Number 18 is the Ulele Green Cannonball IPA, a Tampa Cigar City-style IPA. So can't wait to get to that. 
Number 19, we go back up to Boston. Samuel Adams Boston Ale, another big popular beer. Number 20, Arrogant Bastard Ale. We'll try that. Number 21, in honor of Mick the Brit, we go over to the uh, UK, Smittix Red Ale. So we will do that. And then number 22, Monday Night Brewing's Blind Pirate Blood Orange IPA. That sounds interesting. Number 23, we go to Hawaii. Sergeant Steve, get ready with some, some Don Ho, if you will. By the way, I've been invited to the Ho House. It's a great place to go. You should go. <laughs> a few hours, delightful time. You'll, you'll never go wrong at the Ho House. Uh, number 23 is the Maui Pineapple Mana. So can't wait to try that. Number 24 is the Sun Brewery Graffiti Orange, a creamsicle wheat ale. That should be an interesting taste. Number 25 is Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate Stout. That sounds interesting. Number 26 I believe it is the Brehan Brewhouse, correct, Tim? Yes, you are correct. It's called the Cranbithia. Correct. Cranbithia, which is a whiskey-aged imperial stout. Yes, sir. You had me at whiskey. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Ah, yes, we're going to get in the mood for that a little bit later on Tiny Bubbles with Don. Again, if you've never been to the whole house, he's invited me numerous times. He said, General, come to the whole house in Hawaii. You'll have a great time. You always guarantee to get late as soon as you walk in the door. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Number 27 we'll have from Colombe, the hard cold brew coffee. That should be interesting. And, Tim, we're starting to see some unique expressions between coffee and nitro and beer, kind of a unique category that's become more popular the last couple of years. Correct. I mean, cold uh, nitro brewed coffee, a standalone without beer, is a big selling product here. But uh, nitro dispensation tends to accentuate certain flavor profiles, and it would most certainly accentuate the flavor of coffee, indeed. And then we go back to Hawaii. Back to the whole house, Don Ho, Maui Coconut Haiwa, a porter. Number 29 is Chimay Cinq Cents. Chimay, I believe, Belgian, correct? Correct. Classic Belgian. Classic Belgian. So we'll talk about that, taste that. Number 30. We go to France. Now, this is interesting. Now, when you think about France, what do you think about? You think about surrender flags, retreating, rolling over. But who knew they made beer? The Cronenborg 1664, a French international pale lager. So that should be interesting. Then number 31, this is going to draw the attention of the Democrats, of Pencil Neck Schiff, of Robert Mueller, this is from Russia, Baltica 4, Russian Dark Lager. Yes, comrades, we will be enjoying special beer from Russia. Very interesting. As I was buying Baltica 4, I noticed two federal agents with little earpieces in ear, dark suits, following me around the store afterward. Very interesting. We'll be trying Baltica 4. And I'm sure there could be some sort of collusion involved between a lager and some sort of other beers. So we will try Baltica 4. Then we go from Russia to Deutschland for the Spaten Oktoberfest, a Marzen-style beer. Then we go to Iceland for the Einstock Icelandic Toasted Porter. We sampled Einstock last year, and it was excellent. It was very, very unique, a different uh, a variety from Einstock, so we'll try that. Then for number 34, we go from Iceland back to the Cigar City for the Ulele Spring Brewing 
Crown Jewel with two L's, a limited release, a honey lager. Interesting story behind that. Tim, you will tell us about. Mm-hmm. And then we have the number 35. We go to Wisconsin. Oh, you betcha. Leinenkugels. Is that the correct pronunciation? Correct. You can also call it Leinies, right? Leinies. Leinies. Leinies or Leinenkugels, the canoe paddle kosh. Interesting. We'll try that. Then number 36, we go back to Miami, the tank. La Playita, a hop-accented Pilsner. Should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Then number 35, we've got the Brewhound Brewhouse Mechanical Turk. Mechanical Turk, yes. A spiced coffee milk stout. We were talking about stouts and milk stouts. Correct. So we get to that. Now in 38, any beer that's called Goodwood, I mean, let's face it. <laughs> Dames love, the harem loves Goodwood. Who doesn't love Goodwood. The Goodwood Bourbon Barrel Ale. I saw that. I'm like, gotta buy it. Number 39, the Funka, Funky Buddha Vibin, a groovin or groovable lager, they call it. Then we'll have number 40, the New City Mule. Number 41 in Florida, the Brew Bus, You're My Boy Blue, a blueberry wheat ale. Number 42, the Coastal Empire Coca Pina Goza, which is a sour beer. We'll talk about that, sample that. Number 45, Number 43, getting ahead of myself here, <laughs> Flamingo. This is, I think, the you brought, did I bring this or did you bring this? The Flamingo Nitro. Flamingo Nitro. So we'll, Flamingo Dreams Nitro, a berry-infused ale. Number 44, the Funky Buddha Key Lime Pie. That I cannot wait to get to. And 45 will be our special MAGA-tasting beer in honor of President Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States of America. Now think about it. To go through the names of all 44 beers and mention the 45th almost took the entire first segment of the show. <laughs> so here's the thing. Before we go next, let's go to the Hofbrau original. This is a Hellas, if you would be so kind, Tim, to pour that. And let's talk about Hofbrau. Let's talk about their Hellas. What is a Hellas? Well, a Hellas is a traditional beer style that's um, indigenous to the Munich Beer Hall. And uh, it tends to be a little bit softer in malt forward than um, the international European pails or lagers, counterparts. Wow. Now, let me just go ahead and say cheers on that. Let me take a sip here. Now, interesting. Hops up front. Yeah, it's hoppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me put it this way. It is noticeable hoppiness, but not IBU off the charts. It's also, uh, again, I come back to it, the malt signature. At, yeah, very, it's very delicate at the it's back. Got a, yeah, d- delicate malt taste, I would say. Delicate malt taste. This is perfect with the Padron Damaso that we're enjoying today. I And agree. this, to me, is a medium flavored beer. I'd say mild plus to medium. Imagine being in the, in the Hofbrau house right now, with you know. <laughs> the Hofbrau house with all the bodacious dames, with the ample décolletage showing with the steins. Mm. You know, those, they're, they're, they're ample dames over there, you know, <laughs> for, for Oktoberfest. You don't want to screw with them, boy, I'll tell you what. When they're, people don't realize that when they're done, they work for WWE as female wrestlers the rest of the year. They are stout themselves. So again, the Hofbrau original Ahelis Light yellow in color, noticeable hoppiness, but not off the charts, and a delicate malt taste, medium in body. Very, very nice. All right, when we come back, 
We will hit the Foster's International Pale Lager, the Ulele Spring Brewhouse Q Beer Oktoberfest Stout, Funky Buddha Bonita Apple Bum British Ale, I believe that is called, the British Ale. So we will continue our Cigar Oktoberfest Mega Beer Tasting Maneuvers that will extend to next week into Novemberfest as we continue front and center from the Davidoff Cigar Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. The October selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is an A.J. Fernandez sampler, including the Enclave Broadleaf. This cigar features a dark Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro wrapper, creating a medium-bodied smoke with hints of espresso, pepper, and chocolate. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. Good news for those of you that are members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. The October 2019 selection featuring the A.J. Fernandez sampler has been shipped. It is in the mail. It is en route. You should be receiving those beginning of the week to early part of the week, depending on where you live in the United States of America. Let me tell you about the three cigars featured in the A.J. Fernandez sampler for October. First up. Very unique cigar, small cigar, the A.J. Fernandez Last Call Habano. This is the Cortica. These cigars handed out to guests staying at A.J. Fernandez's Casablanca House down in Nicaragua by the factory. Booming notes of spice, nice woody undertone, very unique size, very tasty. Next up, the A.J. Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf. Newest addition to the Enclave features a deep, dark Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper surrounding beautiful Nicaraguan fillers. It is medium-bodied, nice notes of espresso, pepper, even some occasional chocolate. Finally, the A.J. Fernandez San Latano Requiem Habano. Now, this is very unique. It's got a bright and snappy filler medley of Nicaraguan, Dominican, and Honduran tobaccos, but they use a rare Brazilian Habano wrapper that is only sold to two manufacturers in the world, A.J. Fernandez is one of them. Three great cigars, the October 2019 Officers Club selection, the A.J. Fernandez Sampler, the A.J. Fernandez Last Call Habano Cortica, the A.J. Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf, and the A.J. Fernandez San Latano Requiem Habano. If you want to get three fantastic cigars shipped directly to you, great cigars, mild, medium, full, huge variety, go to CigarDave.com, become a member of the Officers Club, $22.95 $22.95 per month, you get three exceptional cigars, the latest and greatest in cigars. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join the Officers Club right now. Be one of the special few to enjoy fabulous cigars. Break out the Lederhosen for Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting maneuvers. With a giant stein in hand, here's the global alpha male, Cigar Dave. At the rate we're tasting our beers in our mega beer tasting, this could end up going from November Fe- Oktoberfest to Novemberfest to Decemberfest. So we will definitely wrap it up before champagne and sparkling wine tasting maneuvers the end of December. Rejoined by Tim Shackton, the head brewmaster at Eulalie Spring Brewery down in downtown Tampa. And, Tim, we already sampled the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. 
We then went to the Hofbrauer Original Hellas. And just one other tasting note on that that I wanted to uh, talk about, because that is a Munchen-style Hellas lager. Nice, clear gold color. A lot of the, you can definitely taste the aroma or smell the aroma of the graininess in there. No question about it. And uh, it has some floral notes, some spicy notes. To me, just very noticeable on the hop, but not like an IPA that's going to blow you out of the water. Oh, yeah, not even close to an IPA. IPA is just loaded with hops. And then, uh, of course, you got a, that German malt signature. Again, it's very delicate, and it's malt at the end and in the aftertaste. Well, next we're going to go down from... Germany from Deutschland to Australia. We have a huge following down in Australia. Uh, many of our great alphas, lieutenants down under, big that listen, many of them listen live. Uh, when I was going to the Cigar Retailers Convention, there were about five, there were two retailers and three, four guests that came with them from Australia stopping me to take pictures. Great gentlemen. They said, you got to come down under, general, uh, general, and I do want to get under. I'd love to do a show down there. I think that would be awesome. To smoke cigars, have some great beers, and uh, just hang out with our, our Aussie alphas down there, the AAs, the Aussie alphas. So next up, we've got Foster's. Now, this is an Australian beer, Foster's Lager. It comes in a the size of a oil can. So <laughs> if for, you, you're done drinking the beer and you got extra, you could probably put this into your car because it is that, it looks like a giant quart of oil. It's huge. Very, very big. But this is known as Australia's famous beer brand or bar brand, Foster's. Correct. Now, Australia, but also brewed in the United States. This is an American style lager, they call it, or Australian style. Australian lager. style lager. It's very indicative of the hop variety that they use in this beer. It's called Pride of Ringwood. All right. And you're going to taste it. it Pride of... Uh, whoops, whoops, whoops. Oh, there I'm we so go. sorry That's all right. That. No problem. We'll get that. Here we go. There we go. Out of the different. can, it's That's different. why we carry bar mops all over Gotta the place. Got to drink here. it out of the you, can, maybe, huh? You never know, <laughs> you never know what's going to spill. That's why we come amply prepared. All right. Now, this... I'll tell you, this is a very, very light color. I mean, this is just a super, super... It's almost a pale straw color, in my estimation. So, we'll say pale straw color. A little fruitiness on the nose. Correct. Uh, cereal Fruity. grains go yeah. into the um, grains. So, uh, we'll cereal grains. Cheers on that. Cheers. Take a sip. Yep. There we go. Absolutely. Mm. Maltiness. There's malt character, but very light, very clean. Not a lot of hoppiness. So I'm going to say malt character, but clean. Clean, and I would say lively and smooth. Typically, um, with the Pride of Ringwood hops, you might get like a delicate, delightful mineral. Yeah, a little minerally type little of. mineral, and that's one of the reasons why I love this beer. Yeah, interesting. And some other tasting notes. This would combine nicely with a, I would say, with stone crabs. It's stone crab mm. season right now because this is mild enough. Not going to overpower those stone crabs and vice versa. This is very pleasant. And this is a pretty big-selling beer worldwide, correct? Yes. Mm. Outstanding. All right, so we have three beers down the hatch. I cannot believe the first half hour of the second hour of the show is done. Sergeant Steve, prepare for December Fest maneuvers. We're definitely going. We'll, we'll get to as many beers as we can today. Then we're going to continue it next week to November Fest. Why not? Cigars, beer, life is good. 
The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with The General now at Cigar Dave Show. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Jerry Darlock and the Touch, a Buffalo band, and beer is big in Buffalo. Got to play them during Cigar Oktoberfest. That's going to be spilling in into Novemberfest next week with all the 45 beers we'll be tasting. I think we're going to be lucky to get to about uh, 14 beers in this show. But you know what? You're not in a rush. I'm not in a rush. Tim, Tim Shackton of Ulele, the Master Brew ma- Master. Bre- Head brewmaster at Ulele Spring Brewery. Are you in a rush? Not at all. We got cigars. And by the way, we'll have another cigar next show. So we plenty of cigars, plenty of great beer libations, good company. Life is good. No rush. It could listen, it could be worse. I mean, we could actually uh, you know, have to deal with the enemies of pleasure this week and next week, and we don't. So that's always a good thing. Let's talk about for just a moment as we talk about beers. I've talked about that Buffalo group at one time in the united states not that long ago really 40 years ago or so beers were very local and regional i remember growing up in buffalo there was a beer called iroquois beer very big in buffalo rochester uh genesee beer was initially an upstate new york beer and then it spread the great outdoors in a glass but you look at milwaukee there were regional beers chicago everywhere you went you didn't have the big national brands, Budweiser and Miller. Those came really, I would say, in the last 40 or so years. Really, the local breweries were the dominant brewers, and that changed. Do you remember that growing up in Milwaukee and then moving down to Tampa? Well, actually, I grew up here in Tampa. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, my grandfather came down. Um, I, but I do, uh, I finally, I have a, uh, an old can of Genesee Cream Ale on my shelf in, the, uh, in my collection at home, and I... I I tend to collect cans and steins and stuff. It's just it's a it's a good habit to have. 
But uh, you're, you're right. Uh, the globalization kind of changed the uh, market environment. You know, the, the brewers have a constant struggle uh, for relevance when it comes to shipping costs and these kind of things, the centralization. Uh, it happens in every business, and it most certainly has seen it at its ups and downs in the, in the craft beer, in the beer business in general. Oh, and you've seen, you know, the smaller local regional breweries get gobbled up by bigger regional breweries, then they get gobbled up. But what's interesting is we're, there's kind of a renaissance going back. With all the craft brewers, we're starting to see more local brewers than ever. And people now, you go to the Tampa International Airport here, Cigar City uh, Beer is available everywhere in the state. We're starting to go back to a regionalization of craft beers, which I think is a good thing. I agree. And it was the... Uh the biggest impact on the beer industry, in my, de- in my estimation, was the passage of the Volstead Act, which was the prohibition. And that really just lay a lot of brewers flat on their feet. Sure. Now, uh, of course, you also have to take into consideration the advancement of, of shipping knowledge and the ability to package the beer. You know, the uh, canning, bottling, it has uh, developed uh, actually more recently than not. You have a lot of uh, craft brewers getting involved with canning and bottling, too, which is very advantageous. Well, I think what's interesting is maybe 10 years ago, if you said craft brewer, people would look at you and say, what? What are you talking about? Today, there are craft brew trails and tours in every state, every city, no matter where you go. It's a big tourist draw now. People want to go and tour the breweries. They want to go to the tap rooms. I know Hamburg Brewing a, uh, a great craft brewer up in Buffalo, Hamburg, New York. Uh, John Russo Sr. and Jr. We've sampled many of their beers. I've been to their brew house. You go there on a weekend, you see license plates from 10 states as far as Texas. It's crazy. You'll see Maine and Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Ohio, New York State, where they're located. But, you know, Virginia, West Virginia, it's incredible the passion people now have to tour across the country and find craft brewers. And when they find something... They gravitate towards it, and many times they can't buy it in their local areas, so they gobble up as much as they can. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've seen lines wrap around breweries when they have bottle releases. And, of course, you have the advancement of the farmhouse brew. So you've got a lot of people uh, out on the edges of the urban areas uh, opening up the small farmhouse-style breweries and innovating there. So it, it, there's trails all over the country. You, anywhere you can go, if there's a metropolitan area, I guarantee you, you're going to find a, 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 some kind of tour. Do a web search for wherever you're, you're traveling. Let's say you're traveling to San Francisco. Type in San Francisco craft brewers, craft brewery tours. Boom. You'll, come, you'll see a list everywhere in the country. There's literally a craft brewer in every city and town in America now, which I think is great. Let's go to your beer. Let's go to the Eulalie Spring Brewery. Q beer. Q stands for Quentin Richard Gonsmart of the Gonsmart family. His uh, he's big German Shepherd fan like me. He's got two. I've got two. Quentin is his uh, one of his two current German Shepherds. Q beer Oktoberfest Stout. Well, Q beer is uh, is an Oktoberfest and uh, it's a blend of Vienna and Munich malt, Wein Stefaner yeast, a very traditional uh, German yeast strain. So you're going to get uh, caramel up front, a little toasty, uh, the toasty notes on the middle center of the palate, and a, a wonderful, delightful, clean, crisp, easy finish. Uh, now for a stout, 
this is not as dark as I thought. No, it's, it's not it's, technically it's, a stout. It's an Oktoberfest, or it's also known as a Martzen. Oh, so this yes. is not an Oktoberfest stout. Well, the, uh, the stout and the Oktoberfest are two different styles. The stout's the dark, is a dark ale. Oh, I see. Okay, yes, gotcha. Sir. This is a lager, actually. This, so. this, is, this is a lager. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So what, So this is just called, what, an Oktoberfest lager? Correct. We, like, uh, okay. you remember the first beer that we tried, the Sam Adams Oktoberfest? Right. Yeah, it's a little bit like that, but it's a different blend of malts, and, of course, it's locally brewed. Say so cheers on that. Nice, beautiful, deep, almost looks like maple syrup, if you will. Hmm. Oh, that is smooth. Thank you. Light, little bit of hoppiness, just a tad bit of hoppiness on the back. I'd say IBU, 45, 48. No, more closer to uh, 30. Okay. Right? And, um, again, it's a malt, it's a, a malt-accentuated aftertaste. So you've got toastiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the yeast is very distinctive. It, it, yeast is kind of the cement that puts the whole thing together. And it helps create a unique flavor profile. I, I call it a light hoppy zing because when it goes back, I actually like that little hoppy zing as it goes back. Let me take another mm-hmm. sip here. That's uh, noble German hops, Tettnanger hops. Again, another traditional hop style. Now, we should say to all of our alphas listening across the country worldwide, this Eulalie Cubier Oktoberfest lager, not available in stores. It's only available Correct. at Eulalie. Not available at the Columbia restaurant. Not yet, and it's a limited uh, seasonal. I I qualify this as a seasonal offering. So, Tim, I know where to find you next year to get (laughs) some of this. This is excellent. This is really very smooth. And tell us again what makes it so smooth and that malty taste. Well, to begin with, it's what we were discussing at the opening is the idea that lager, it it requires more cellaring time, cold storage. Time for the yeast to completely finish its job and slowly settle to the bottom of the tank. And it uh, creates brilliant clarity. And then, of course, the addition of high-quality uh, European and American malts. You know, uh, Delicious. It, you know. Absolutely. And perfect combination with this Padron Damaso. It is just magnificent. Outstanding. Thank you, sir. Mm. This is a General's five-star selection. No doubt about it. You know what's the sad part about it? It's not available in stores, so people cannot sample this that are listening to us in Los Angeles or Buffalo or Charlotte or Seattle or Australia. They're going to have to suffer the torment of coming to Tampa to visit. Got to come to the Cigar City of Tampa. (laughs) Exactly right. Outstanding, absolutely spectacular. So when is this available at Eulalie? Well, I made, uh, I would reckon it would be available through November. And when, when does it start? With availability, September. I love to tap this beer right in the center of the Oktoberfest. So right about now, you know, the right. last week of September, the first week of October is usually when we come out with it. Of course, it's a little warm down here. It's not like it is over in Germany, but that's does, right. Still, no matter. I've got refrigeration on my tanks. So. You are good. You are good to go. Now, another brewery that I really, really have become a big fan of, not just their beer, but the guys that run it are great. John Lynn. We had him on uh, Funky Buddha Brewing on the show. And also, they were one of our sponsors for the Cigar Dave uh, Alpha Male Pleasure Fest on the flight line at Shelter Aviation in 2018, last year. And their beers were beyond incredibly popular. And this is going to be a superb, unique expression because one of the things they do, they come up with some really cool beers. I love their IPA hop gun got a great full forward you know hoppy flavor 
This is the Funky Buddha Bonita Apple Bum, made with cinnamon, vanilla, and apples. Now think about that, and just looking plenty. Look at this. This, I mean, this looks like a baked apple pie in the glass. And the notes, I mean, apple pie notes. Wow, oh, that man. smells great. I mean, that, that's all you can say is apple pie on the nose. It is, I mean, I'm, I'm drooling already. We'll say cheers. Cheers. Take a taste of this. Mm. Oh, this is unique. Now, it's not like eating apple pie, but I'm definitely getting vanilla, definitely getting that apple. Not overly sweet. No. I think people are going to be, you're going to look at this saying, oh, this is going to be a super sweet beer. It's not. I would say on the 6.4% alcohol by volume, so it has some, some body to it. Let me take another sip here. A little cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just, it has the taste of apple pie. I'm going to mark this down. Taste of apple pie. I'm going to put a fall apple pie without the sweetness. And it is indeed an amalgamation of spice and flavor. Outstanding. Mm. Five-star selection on this one, Sergeant Steve. No doubt about it. This gets the five-star selection, as did the Ulele Quentin Q Beer Oktoberfest Lager. What would you think of this one, Tim? Delightful. I mean, you've got, it's clicking on all cylinders. It's like a little piece of fall right there. And uh, you, got, you got the spice, you got the apples. It's not like a cider. No, not at all. It's, nope. it's got the malt, it's got the body, and uh, I think that that alcohol by volume measures up perfectly. Would you ever consider brewing a beer expression like this, something that's kind of unique with these kind of flavors? Oh, we do, um, we do a lot of different innovation, especially with fruit. And I do, uh, I'm about ready to tap a guava lambic. That's uh, Guava lambic, yeah, interesting. Yeah, doing a guava lambic. And um, every year we do what's called honeymoon lager, and that's in, to celebrate the strawberries harvest with Plant City, that's our right. local strawberry growers. I cut a whole flat of strawberries and blend it into every half-barrel keg that we tap, and it's just delightful going out to the table. So subtle strawberry, but not overpowering. Correct, and a big beautiful strawberry side garnish on the side of that Pilsner glass. People like say it, they're walking by the table, they're like, what's that? What's that? I want it. It's I a put, beautiful I thing. I put the strawberry right in the beer. Yeah, they just do. Just let it, let it just sit. You bite it like it's a, like a shot of tequila, right? Absolutely. You take a bite of the berry and sip the beer. All right, when we come back for the final and concluding segment, I cannot believe it. We're only going to probably hit about nine or ten beers for our mega beer tasting edition of the Cigar Dave Show. So the good news, Alphas and Lieutenants, is that Cigar Oktoberfest continues next week. I just made that five-star decision, and it becomes Cigar November Fest. This may have to be a tradition, Sergeant Steve. I was just thinking about this. We may have to continue. We should have National Bourbon Heritage Month, which is September. Take that and make that months, September into October. Then we have Cigar Oktoberfest, which goes into November to become Novemberfest. I think we've got a... We've let's got, just start Bourbon Heritage Month in August. I think that's a great idea. You know what? Let's, let's, let's play it on the safe side. Let's start in February. That way we, we make sure we get all the, you know, every bourbon and every whiskey we need to get. Look, there could be worse things to do than have to stay over and continue doing another show here from the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City. So we have 
five beers that we have tasted. Next up, we'll have the Ithaca Apricot Wheat Ale, the Tank Freedom Tower Amber Ale, and the Anderson Valley Salted Caramel Porter and Aged Bourbon Barrel. We'll get to those three for sure. We'll keep going as many as we can, and then we're going to continue next week. We're just going to continue into Cigar November Fest. It is Cigar Dave's Mega Beer Tasting Maneuvers for Cigar Oktoberfest continuing next week into Cigar November Fest. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com. Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails, too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar, like I do, in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now, if you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of the Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. While Oktoberfest in Munich may only run 18 days, we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest all month long. With more beer samplings, here's the general, Cigar Dave. Correction. We are going to be celebrating Oktoberfest not only in October, but going into November for Novemberfest. We've got 45 beers that we are going to sample. We're not going to get to them all in this show. We're going to be lucky to hit 10. And Tim Shackton, the head brewer of Eulalie Spring Brewery here in the Cigar City of Tampa, we've had such a great time talking about beers and getting in the intricacies that 
we're going to have to spill this over to next week. Can you stick around for another show? Absolutely. Outst- Count me in. Another cigar coming your way, another libation <laughs> and libation ceremony. So let's talk about a wheat beer, wheat ales. We talked about uh, the different styles. There's lagers and there's ales. Wheat beers. This is a combination wheat beer with ale. So I would assume you're going to get the smoothness of wheat with a little bit of the strength of an ale. Well, you, the great thing about wheat is it's a great platform grain. In other words, it, if you're going to mix it with fruit, if you're going to mix it with other things that you want to express yourself in that beer, it's just it's easy to do. And um, the wheat as a style typically represents uh, where 50% or more of the grain in the recipe is wheat malt. Now, that's usually if they put wheat of any kind on the label, that's what it would indicate. A large um, portion of the grain billing would be wheat, which actually is very difficult for brewers because wheat is a huskless grain, and it tends to create a stuck mash, which is a problem. <laughs> but uh, wheat is soft. It's delicate. It accentuates the notes of fruits, vegetables, anything. And um, it's no surprise that you have apricots on this beer. Well, we'll say cheers. Ithaca Beer Company. This is Ithaca, New York, just south of Syracuse, central New York. Know it very well. This is what they call a fruit beer. It's got a very light, hazy, orange-amber color. And the aroma, you definitely get some of the wheat, but you're really getting a preponderance of that those apricot notes. Almost sherry. You know? Yeah. It really is, is just delightful. We'll take a sip here. The palate expression is much more bril- brilliant than the nose. L- yeah, a little dull on the taste. Uh, mm. with, with so much um, of the apricot on the nose, I'm a little surprised it's very muted. So dull on, on the taste and muted apricot. So a little bit disappointing to me. Mm. Mm. What do you think? Well, it's not for me to, to no, no, speak what do you poorly think? about. Um, no, no, I'm just... It, it, it all me? depends on what your perspective is and where you're at. Yeah. You know, if you've got a, uh, you, a filet of grouper in front of you, this might be pretty good. It might be okay. Yeah, I'm a little, little disappointing on this one. So, look, what I say is try it. it may, your palate, you may enjoy it. Definitely on the milder side. If it's you're an apricot you fan, you might you're, like you're this You're going to like this. <laughs> Next up, we're going to go to my good friends, the Placencia family, Carlos Padron, down in Miami Doral, the Tank Brewing. They have really created a great craft brewery down in the Doral area. And when they started, their beer was just available only at the brewery in their tap room now. It's available in cans, bottles across the state. Good distribution. And this is the Freedom Tower Amber Ale. And Freedom Tower, a well-known landmark down in Miami. This is a, uh, an uh, amber red ale, 5.3% alcohol by volume. We'll say cheers. Oh, my God, the aroma on this is incredible. Some hot-driven fruitiness. Yeah, almost yes. a little toffee on here, too. Take a sip. Very good, uh, mm. good balance to this beer. Oh, this is delicious. Got a kiss of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. A little bit of amber malt in the center. This is, this is, yeah, this is really a, it's, it's malty. I'm going to call this malty sweetness because the malt just really almost like an M&M. It melts in your mouth. It's that delicious. Not a lot of hoppiness. Center driven with malt. 
Oh, yeah, with, with some fruit notes on here, too. I'm definitely getting some fruity notes. And, again, that fruit, that's deri- that fr- the fruit notes are driven yep. by the hops. So, Absolutely yeah. magnificent. Let's do one more that I think we can get in here. So we're going to only do eight in this Cigar Oktoberfest mega tasting maneuver, but we go to Novemberfest next week. This is the Anderson Valley Salted Caramel Porter. By the way, the Tank Freedom Tower, five-star selection all the way. Really enjoy that. Now, this is a very unique beer. This is from the People's Republic of California. I saw the, the can with a moose and it said salted caramel porter, malt beverage, aged six months in bourbon barrels. I knew it was for me. So let me look at the aroma. It's got a dark brown color. Mm, definitely get that caramel notes. We'll say cheers. Wow. Take a sip here. That's delicious. Oh, this is delicious. Mm. Not getting a ton of caramel, but enough. But you definitely get that little woodiness on the barrel. This is absolutely delicious. Not overpowering. The Anderson Valley Salted Caramel Porter. Very, very nice. Tim Shackton, head brewmaster, Eulalie Spring Brewery, Cigar City of Tampa. Stay there. We're going to record another show while we're here. Cigar Oktoberfest Mega Tasting Maneuvers continues next week in the Novemberfest Cigar Day of the General. Say Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Part 2, Oktoberfest into Novemberfest Beer Tasting Maneuvers next week. <laughs>